Today's episode is sponsored by Fits for Kings and Queens. If you're looking to dress like a king or a queen should, then visit the link in our show notes at Fits for Kings and Queens. We got enough vocals from our introduction song. Uh, We are back for the month of August for another very special uh, segment month of mentorship and also discipleship. Uh, We are here for the first episode this month uh, with none other than a mentor, a friend, uh, definitely a business partner and colleague of myself. Uh, We're both uh, based here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm here uh, for episode 49 of the Run the Jewels vidcast podcast series uh, as your host, King Jewels, Julian Smartwrimple. Uh, episode 49 is for the culture, uh, and I'm here with a, a cultural warrior, a cultural ambassador by the name of Keith Nose. Keith, Keith, can you introduce yourself to those who may not know you, sir? Greetings, everybody. I am Keith Nose, a cultural warrior for the, for the community of Atlanta, and I elevate Atlantan social life and been doing it since 2003. Absolutely. So, yeah, you're definitely being for a treat. Uh, this evening, I'm here with one of my my actual mentors. He's uh, taught me a lot when it comes to uh, learning the importance of culture, uh, also learning how to network and how to be a successful networker or net weaver, as, as Keith says. And so uh, you will be in for a treat tonight. Uh, we are talking about mentorship and the importance of discipleship this whole month of August. And so uh, you won't want to miss uh, any of the episodes we have, uh, we'll be only showing um, sessions for Tuesdays and Thursdays for the episodes this month. So catch us on every Tuesday or Thursday at 7, 7.30 or at 8 p.m. And so uh, we are here with none other than Chief Knows for episode 49. And this is titled For the Culture. And so, uh, Keith, tell them a little bit about your background, sir. Tell them where you're from. Uh, tell them how how did you get into uh, wanting to learn about culture and be in the arts? Like, talk talk to us a little bit. Okay. Well, I'm born and raised in Virginia, a little small rural town. Um, With none other. About 11 children in the family. Okay. Um, the only person that actually went to college. Wow. And so I moved away from Virginia, moved to Minneapolis, of all places. And while in Minneapolis, I was um, exposed and educated um, and informed about the arts. And so I fell in love with the arts actually in Minneapolis. Um, Mm -hmm. I knew all the actors there. I'm still friends with them um, as we speak. Uh, I knew they owned some of the art galleries. Um, I would always go to the Guthrie, which is sort of equal to the High Museum here, um, the Minneapolis Minneapolis Art Institute, which is similar to our art institute that we have here, Um, the Penumbra Theater in St. Paul, Minnesota, where they have a lot of uh, black plays. Um, I would go there all the time. Um, And then I moved, and then from there, I moved to Atlanta. Loved the National Black Art Festival when I lived in Minneapolis, but always see it in magazines, and I dreamed of being a part of it. So when I moved here, um, that was my number one priority. So I became part of the National Black Art Festival. Mm. Um, was volunteer coordinator for about mm, over 25 years, was the volunteer coordinator. Uh, for the, and so that there I learned more about the arts. And I was exposed to different communities, different countries, um, met all kinds of people from around the world that I still 
connect with uh, and net we with around the world. So, um, and then while I was there, I was mentored by uh, Ada Rentis. Mm. Um, she took she took me under her wings. She was the volunteer coordinator at the time, and I was the associate volunteer coordinator. And she took me under her wings, and I learned from her. Uh, and then the festival offered some classes, took some classes, and just sort of always felt community. I always felt like I was part of a community. And so I wanted to sort of emulate that connection and that feeling. And so that's a little bit about me and my little background. Absolutely. And, so, and then from all of that, um, from the National Park Art Festival, I, I met people and we connected. We did socials together. And then I did a group called Second Sunday Social. And that's how I kind of built my network and mm-hmm. then walked into what we have today, the KeithKnows.net website. Absolutely. An online online cultural magazine that people need yes. to people need to be knowing about, especially if you're here in the ATL. And so uh as you heard me say, we're here uh for the month of August talking to uh all different uh walks of guests um that are in different um um generations that are in different industries uh but all know and I respect um in dealing with the importance of mentorship and also discipleship. Uh, no matter how uh, good you think you are or how successful you think you are, uh, you always need uh, mentors and also uh, people uh, that can help pull you and take you and push you to the next level. And uh, I, feel, I feel sorry for those that don't have mentors because I have about a good five to seven that I, I call on, especially for career advice, uh, relationship advice, uh, life advice, uh, and also just business advice. So you definitely uh, want to listen in this month. If you are not uh, having mentors or the right mentors, uh, you will want to hear some of the jewels that Keith knows has to drop tonight. So uh, Keith, I know uh, um, uh, back when I met you, I was still in college at Kennesaw State mm-hmm. University. So shout out to KSU. Uh, I was uh, learning about uh, the National Black Arts Festival through my mother. Um, growing up here in Atlanta, she would always take me to Greenbrier Mall and also uh, to some of the other festivities. So shout out to uh, my mom, uh, Yvette Smart. Uh, but she told me about Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. And uh, that is literally uh, how I found out more about the National Black Arts Festival, uh, which uh, in a sense, you brought me in literally from just talking to me one or two times over the phone and basically yeah. vetted me out to come to uh, one of, I want to say it was the fashion shows that, they had at the National Black Arts Festival or the gala yeah. one or two. <laughs> and, yeah. and yes, uh, talk, talk about um, like how the National Black Arts Festival, especially here in Atlanta, has helped you uh, like meet a lot of people, whether it's through uh, you mentoring them or even through them mentoring you to learn more about the cultural arts scene here in Atlanta. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, Ada Rentis, who's um, residing in Puerto Rico right now, she took me under her wings. And she exposed me to different things. I was now when you came to Greenbrier Mall, you would see me at Greenbrier Mall because I helped coordinate the volunteers at Greenbrier Mall. Yeah. And, I, and I would literally take vacation time from my job, ten days of vacation, good old days when they had the festival for ten days. Mm. And I would take my ten days off from vacation to work at the festival. Mm. Um, so and being there fourteen hours a day, ten days uh, a week you get to know people. 
Right. You network with them. They get to know you. You build relationships. And so that's kind of how it all began because I was always in that world, in that environment. Um, and that's how it sort of began. And so from that, um, I mean, you know, of course, I made friends and built relationships with the volunteers as well as artists, vendors, and the community as a whole. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know uh, you have a background uh, in the um, the Georgia, the Georgia and also just the collegiate uh, university system. And, and you come across uh, still to this day, a lot of college students, whether it be uh, professional um, graduates or whether they be undergraduates. Uh, talk about like how um, important it is when you are in college, especially from you being a faculty and also a mentor. Uh, to a lot of students, like talk about the importance of having someone of your caliber to help you navigate the college terrain and also how uh, you have been able to make an impact in a lot of college students' lives, especially here in the state of Georgia. Yeah. Well, um, while, I'm, while, while I was at GSU, um, I, I, I never shied away from who I was and, and what I did because while working, I always was involved with the festival involved with Avenue Dance Company. So my office would have posters everywhere. And mm. so people, so students would inquire. And so I would tell them, you know, who, who Avenue was and how they could get student rates and student tickets. And so people, um, so I began to establish with some of the students, some of the organizations, they came to see Avenue and to the festival every year because I would share with them and expose them to the arts. Mm. And that's and to me, it just felt like a normal, natural part of my life. And so when you believe in something and you enjoy something and you celebrate something, you don't keep it to yourself. You want to share it with the world. And that's what I did. I always made sure I shared. I love the festival and the art so much that it was just a normal part of like breathing to me. Mm. And so it was very natural for me to share it with people. And, and I would invite people to volunteer, to be about to be volunteers. And while they were volunteering, I would coach them um, to make them. A, I would give them a little background about the festival, what it involved, how, what they could gain from the, being part of the festival. And then people began to realize how important the role of art played in their lives. And, they, and, they, and so they had taken it for granted all this time. But I think sometimes just having when people see somebody enthusiastic about something, no matter what it is, mm -hmm. they want to know why that person is so enthusiastic. And what and why they love the festival and the art so much. And it was easy for me. It it, it came natural for me. And so I all so wherever I run into even to this day, I still is this for a normal part of my life. And I love sharing about the arts and culture. Absolutely. And and um, even when it comes to uh, the arts, because a lot of entertainers, um, uh, musicians, um, actors. Uh, all the people that are in the arts, especially being here in the city of Atlanta, uh, the Black Hollywood, uh, the Black South Hollywood, what yeah. we call us. Like uh, when it came to students that were sort of um, interested in you being an advocate and you being an ambassador uh, here in Atlanta for the arts, uh, mm -hmm. like how did they go about seeking um, your information? How did you? Uh, help to uh, teach them or educate them about certain things that they may be ignorant or may be uninformed about? Like, how did you go about uh, teaching that that next generation of students? Well, I was, you know, I was fortunate enough to um, 
to have an to have an, uh, an environment um, where people were, well, especially during the festival, because you know, people they came to you know I was a volunteer coordinator, so they would come to the volunteer meetings, mm-hmm. and at those meetings is probably where I mostly share with people about you know the festival, the arts and culture, you know through through, um, through conversation, through information. Um, through volunteering, um, and then a lot, a lot of times, like right now with Avenue Dance Company, um, I would share with students in my work environment, mm-hmm. and I would sort of encourage them to first go online to look it up, you know, look at the video, because a lot of them may not have known about the arts, about Avenue in particular, and so I would have them, I would actually show them videos, show them pictures. Um, I, sh- I I let them see me with the ambassadors. Mm-hmm. I would I would um I would also reach out to them and say you know uh, won't you volunteer and then you get to see the show for free. Absolutely. And, and so because sometimes you know sometimes conversation is 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 okay, but people want to have the proof. And, and so I so and- I always encourage to this day people to volunteer first. Right. Um, and that really encourages people, and people feel more empowered. And I've done, I've actually, and, and also, I would, I literally would bring people with me as a guest, yes, to some of the shows, to some of the events, and so they get firsthand. Um, and it's just, not just you know Avenue or the National Park Art Festival; it's anything I'm doing culturally in general. I always make sure I reach back and bring somebody with me. And before we dive too uh, too far into that, too, um, uh, Mm -hmm. for those that may have heard you say uh, the name Alvin Ailey uh, multiple times already, you know, I know, and and being an Ailey ambassador here in Atlanta, but for those that don't know, can you inform people who Alvin Ailey is and also uh, what his legacy is through um, his uh, American dance theater? Oh, gladly. Alvin Ailey, Alvin Ailey is a choreographer. An activist. Um, Avi actually, Avi and his dancers travel the world as cultural ambassadors to show people how magnificent black people really were. Um, the company has been around 60 years, and the company has only had three main choreographers Robert, ba- I mean, um, Judith Jamison, and currently Robert Battle. Mm. Um, and so it's just, to me, it's about dance, but it's also about a legacy in our history. And so to me, Avenue Dance Company brings all that together. Um, and so to me, it's, some, it's really important that people do know who Avenue is. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's important. I put the link for uh, alvinaley.org and also mbaf.org, uh, some of the um, organizations and also companies that uh, I actually have supported personally. And, and I met Keith to the National Black Arts Festival uh, that's based out of here in Atlanta. So definitely go and do your research because you need to know, especially if you're a local Atlantan here in the city, uh, you definitely need to know about these organizations and other jewels. Uh, that Keith will drop on you. So Keith, uh, stay with the volunteering piece. Okay. Uh, that is how that is how I met you, and I know a mm-hmm. lot of people 
uh, that live here in Atlanta. Um, they may only uh, choose to volunteer with their company or their organization that they work for. Uh, just talk about why it's important to volunteer even outside of work and also mm-hmm. uh, how how you get to meet so many different people that you would never meet just through volunteering. Yeah. Well, number one, I think it's really important to give back to your community. Um, and one way to doing that is volunteering. I mean, if there's an agency that you believe in and you want it to be successful, volunteering is really the way to go. But also volunteering enriches your life and it rewards your life. You feel so good when you're giving back to the community. Um, and you should want to extend yourself beyond, you know, maybe your work volunteerism. Um, choose something that you choose something that you love. Sports, whether it be sports, the arts, culture, you choose something in your in your field that you feel comfortable with volunteering for. And also volunteering can lead to a job, employment. I mean, really, um, I've been fortunate enough that through volunteering twice. I mean, I, um, my major volunteering both have led to me being paid to mm-hmm. volunteer. So. Um, if nothing else, you just never know where that volunteer role might take you. Um, so it's really crucial and important and vital to the to community that people volunteer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and even um, for those that we are in the Bible Belt of the South, mm-hmm. even the church all the way down to professional organizations or even just social or community organizations. I met Keith through volunteering and he's been one of my biggest uh, advocates that have connected me to different business opportunities, uh, different uh, events. Of course, he's always at events throughout the city of Atlanta. So you want to follow him on IG and Facebook. We'll give those out a little bit later. Uh, but you want to make sure you are uh, in, in touch with what's happening in the community that you live in and also with the greater uh, city uh, that is close to where you live. And so, uh, of course, we're in Atlanta, Keith. Like, talk about um, mm-hmm. like the the volunteer experiences that have made an impact in your life. Whether you came in as media, whether you just came in as a regular volunteer, and also um, talk about why people should know about some of these organizations or these companies. So anyway, so um, this, of course, the National Black Arts Festival volunteered with them, became the volunteer coordinator, mm-hmm. uh, and then. You know, I transitioned to Avenelli Dance Company, volunteered with them first, and then I became, now I'm the Atlanta Avenelli Ambassador Coordinator. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I do that. Those, um, And then also I volunteer um, for Jeffrey Cares. Um, it's, um, it's a fundraiser for breast cancer and HIV, and I, I volunteer for that every, well, I, didn't, I haven't done it for a couple of years, but um, I do volunteer for that. Um, I just I try to choose things that I'm interested in that really is important to the community and to me. Um, mm-hmm. Those were like three. I, but I've, I've I've done a lot of volunteering. I can't name of them all because I can't remember them all. But I did a lot of volunteer. But most of my volunteer was definitely with the National Park Arts Festival and at the Avenelli, um, which you see have led to paid positions. Um, and then, like I said, Jeffrey. I think you, you you've helped with Jeffrey Jeffrey Cares, right? A few no, times. No, I haven't. I haven't come to that okay. one. Uh-uh. Um, but 
that's a really powerful, another uh, powerful fundraiser that we have in the city. And Jeffrey is a designer. He has a store in New York City and has one at Phipps Plaza. And they mm-hmm. do this major fundraiser every year. And I do volunteer um, for that unpaid. <laughs> Absolutely. And and even uh, when it comes, let's, let's um, uh, piggyback back to the mentorship piece. Like uh, when you have brought, uh, whether it's myself or other mm-hmm. guests uh, that are with you uh, and they are able to see like this whole new world of being at an event, an exclusive event at that. Uh, ones that may have a lot of movers and shakers, a lot of uh, people that are within, uh, let's say, the uh, upper elite uh, class here in Atlanta, whether it's politicians, mm-hmm. uh, movie stars, entertainers, uh, whatever the case may be. Uh, like, talk about why it's important to bring someone with you so they can see the bigger picture, that there's two ways to get into, well, there's multiple ways to get into an event of that magnitude, and it doesn't always have to be you paying for the event, but actually uh, serving at that event. Talk about why it's important to bring someone with you to see that. Well, for example, um, Avenelli Dance Company. I also, besides coordinating ambassadors, which is about 15 of us, and Julian's one, um, I also coordinate the volunteers for the shows at the Fox. And there's usually, I have, so I get the volunteers for that, for all the shows. So what I typically do is, um, people will inquire and they'll say, I want to volunteer, but I'm just not sure how to go about doing it. So use it out. But so, so typically, if I meet people in my everyday life or at the events and stuff, and they'll say, I love Avenelli, but I can't afford to pay to go see Avenelli. I said, huh, I can help you out. How about you volunteer? Um, and when I tell them that they can volunteer, to see Avenelli, their whole demeanor changes, and they're just overwhelmed because they cannot believe they're getting an opportunity to volunteer for something that they thought they had to pay for. Mm. Um, That's one example. But any other event that I go to in Atlanta, whether it's an art show or um, a festival, whatever it is, VIP, you know, um, I always try my best to bring someone with me especially somebody that's interested in PR, media, or culture of the arts, I definitely want to make sure they get that exposure. So I'm very mindful to bring them with me because I want them to have that experience I had and that odd moment I had. So I purposely and mindfully make sure, and I, I just sort of, sort of I, I have you know, a lot of relationships and networks and people, so I always look around and just sort of say to myself, Hmm. I wonder who would enjoy this event and who would benefit from this event. And then I invite that person to come with me and to share that experience. Absolutely. And that's what it's all about. It's all about the experiences that you gain and not unnecessarily making excuses of why you can't afford things. Because as Keith has shown me as one of my one of my go to mentors, it's always a way to get into the groups of people or the classes or the organizations uh, that you are wanting to meet, certain movers and shakers. It's only uh, how are you going to uh, find another option, especially if you can't afford it, uh, which does stem from volunteering. And so, uh, Keith, let's let's dive in uh, to the difference between networking versus net weaving, uh, because you are someone uh, that does 
uh, both uh, very, very well uh, from what I've seen over the, the, the last almost, I think it's 15, almost 16, 17 years. I've known you now quite, quite some time. Uh, you uh, know how to stay in touch with a lot of people uh, from very diverse backgrounds. And it's not just one uh, group or one uh, culture or one uh, nationality even, but you uh, definitely know how to uh, teeter between networking versus net weaving. What is your definition of both and also how are they separate? Well, they both they both involve network and net weaving does involve connection coming together. I th- but I think the difference between network and net weaving, net weaving, you stay in touch. Mm. You build relationships. You nurture the relationship. You involve people. You engage people. For example, uh, a few years ago, I had uh, a scavenger hunt. Keith, you know, Keith knows scavenger hunt at the curb market. And I, I, I invited about 15, 20 people. Mm-hmm. And they all came and I gave them a platform to talk about their business. They had, uh, what, five minutes, I think. I forgot how many minutes they had. About five. And so, so I made, and then we had a scavenger hunt. So getting people networking, you just network and you go home and you're done. Net weaving, you are still engaged. You, are, you stay engaged and you build relationships and you nurture those relationships. And you try your best to think of ways to involve them in, in if not with you, with other people, other businesses or communities in your life. Absolutely. And stay with that point, too, especially with the younger generation, whether it's uh, my, my millennial generation or even Generation Z that you've seen in undergraduate college or that are coming straight out of high school. Um, I know you get a lot of people that want to um, basically uh, uh, get your card or get your information. Um, mm-hmm. but they, they lose the next step, which is the follow up. Like talk about. Uh, why it's important to follow up, even for people that are younger, they may not be as seasoned as young professionals yet. And also, why do you think a lot of young people um, miss the, the art of following up versus just being enticed by saying you want to stay in touch with someone when you meet them? Well, I think, number one, it begins at home. Mm. It begins with family, because when you're young, you're learning from your environment and your family environment. So the number one step is your family has to make sure that they teach you and show you. And then number two, it's why it's so important to follow up because if you follow up and you stayed in touch with that person, that person's going to remember you. Because mm. if I'm going, if I'm out doing, if I'm out and meeting all these different people, I'm not going to remember everybody. Right. But if you, but if you follow through, email me. We, we became social, fr- um, social media friends. We stay in touch. You touch base with the, me every now and then. I'm gonna remember you. And guess what? When people remember you, and they remember your background and what and what you do, they are gonna give you an opportunity to prove yourself. Mm. And so it's really important that you follow through, especially if it's something you really. I mean, you're not gonna. Of course, you're gonna try to pick and choose people that in your arena, in your area, or what you're interested in. Because to me, if you're interested in something and that person can help you, for example, PR and media. If a person was interested in PR and media and they decide to take my card, then you want to stay in touch because and you can go online and check and see on social media, get an idea about who this person is. 
and then follow through and then stay in touch. And that way you never know that person could, could get you an internship. That person could get you a job. That person could get your foot in the door. It could lead to a lot of opportunities. So that's why it's really important and vital that you stay in touch, especially with something that you know that's going to help you in being successful. Yeah, and, and you taught me that. Uh, I can personally attest to that. Uh, and even you've had me um, branch my my spectrum outside of just uh, hanging around with certain nationalities because I know you know a lot of different diverse um, uh, groups of people from all different nationalities and cultures. Like, talk about why it's important not to stay in the box when especially we're here in the South, it may just be uh, people thinking uh, black, white, or Hispanic versus uh, thinking about the whole global spectrum of, of diverse people we have here and why you should um, be in touch with other cultures and nationalities. Like, why is that important? Um, you know, it's to me, it, 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 it became very normal. I've been in a college setting all my life. And so to me, it was normal. I just thought this is the way that I'm maybe a little naive, <laughs> but being at university all my life, I just kind of thought it was normal natural to have friends from South Africa, friends from Africa, friends from Brazil, friends from Latin America, you know, friends from different regions of the United States. It just seemed normal to me. And I still have those relationships, um, mainly because at the end of the day, we still have the same common interests. Mm. It's really important. Um, if you have the common interests, it, it sort of goes across racial lines, all those categories we put ourselves in, labels that we put on people. And so to me, I think it's really important because also you don't want to you don't want to block in your blessings. Your blessings could come from somebody from Africa or Latin America. You just don't know, because in the end of the day, we all live in the United States. And so we're all going to have to probably be doing the same kind of field or working in the same kind of field. So leave those doors open, be open minded, network, net weave, because you just never know who who's going to make you successful. Absolutely. You never know. Absolutely. And that's important uh, to cross, a, uh, uh, go over and cross the different color lines and also even the different cultural uh, uh, lines, because uh, Atlanta is definitely not just black, white and Hispanic anymore. You go out to oh, where, where, where my church is located. Shout out to Victory World Church. We, we got nationalities from, I think, it's over 200 nations. So. Uh, you got to you got to be thinking global uh, when you are looking into mentorship and discipleship, yes. uh, which leads to like the, the next the next phase. Uh, Keith, as we um, mm -hmm. get ready to wind down shortly, we know you only are here for a short amount of time. Like what should people look for uh, when they are, are uh, wanting to have a mentor? I heard you say uh, at the beginning that people should look for people in the same industry as them. But what are like at least top three or top top five things you would tell someone? that doesn't have a mentor, uh, they don't know where to start, like what are what are some uh, immediate things that you would tell them to look for? Well, to me, it, it is important to find a mentor. Um, now, it doesn't necessarily have to be in your field per se. You mm -hmm. want to you want to find a if you want to if you want to learn about being a professional, you find um, someone that may be in the corporate world. Um, but if you want to be in the arts, you find somebody in the arts. And, and be willing and always be willing to do things sometimes, always be willing to volunteer and do or do an internship. 
Because I think sometimes we get caught up with this money thing. The money is going to come if you were meant to be paid for it. Mm. So don't get caught up. With, don't get caught up in the money thing. But definitely, and also go uh, different organizations. Sometimes you can mentor a different organization. You can mentor different colleges. But it's really important, if possible, to find someone in your in your interest field and let them mentor you. But also, and just sort of be clear on what your goals are. Um, because once again, if you're doing PR, media, or culture, you know, then you want to find people in that same field, per se. Yeah, and that's good. But even, even when it comes to, because I know uh, you're someone that's always on the move, and I know, uh, of course, you're in a different generational class than myself. Like, how should someone? I am. How, <laughs> how, how should someone? Yeah, you know, we baby boomers and, and millennials on on this I one. Right? But but when it comes to to that point, though, just like we were just mentioning just now, like how should someone who's a millennial or Generation Zer um, keep up with someone who is a baby boomer, especially if they have kids, they have a family, they have a business possibly. Like, mm-hmm. what some good touch points? How often should you uh, have a conversation with your mentor or even with uh, that person that you are seeking mentorship from? Like, what are some some key things you would tell someone who's in different generations? Well, number one, I would say, you know, you can stay in touch if, you know, in social media. No excuse. If you are if, if from that if you're from the social media generation, stay in touch on social media. Shoot me a, shoot that person a text every now and then. Doesn't have to be every day. Shoot that person a text every now and then. You do want to have a phone conversation one on one, not every day, but you, you want to have one every now and then because you can't always say what you you can't always get clear a clear message on social media or on or by texting. You do want to have a conversation if you can, not every day, but you know, you sort of feel your way out. Most of the time, you're going to know the person you mentor. To me, you set down some, you should set down some guidelines and sort of say, you know, um, I'm, I have a child. Um, I don't have much time. And I think the person, whoever you're mentoring with, you're going to, you're going to work together to figure out how this can be accomplished. Mm. I think that's really important. And so once you find your mentor, you have to sort of sit down and say, you have to be open and you have to be honest and you have to be upfront and be willing to explore and to expand your life and your mind. Um, and, and then you set those boundaries and let people know um, when they can, when you can mentor the person or when you can't, you know, to me, a good mentor is going to be flexible and adaptable and adaptable. Mm. That's good. That's good. And and especially uh, with those um, busy mentors that uh, a lot of a lot of people may be trying to go after, especially here in Atlanta, that may that C-suite or executive position that they know Mm -hmm. uh, can open up a door for them in that particular company that they're going after, even in the entertainment industry. Um, Like um, when it comes to growing uh, your mentee because I know you've seen a lot of your mentees even myself included like grow over the years like mm-hmm. how, how should someone who's on the opposite end that you are as a mentor how should they like give room for error uh, how should they basically know when to come in and, and drop the mallet down and be that 
uh, that hard that 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 hard mentor that's not gonna uh, be soft on them because they see so much potential and growth in them. Like, what should mentors look for uh, in their mentees? Well, number one, because because it, it because sometimes it does when there's a generational gap or generation differences. Sometimes you have to learn and you have to ask questions mm. because sometimes there may be not really a conflict per se. But there's going to be a different way of thinking about things and doing different things. And so that's why I think it's really important that you have a conversation <clears throat> with each other, ask questions. Um, if, if something happens, if you're mentoring the person and then you don't agree on something, I think it's really important that you talk about it and find out and make some maybe a compromise. Mm. Um, because I, mean, I think because to me it's not normal not to have differences, mm-hmm. but but you don't disconnect from the person just because you had because you had conflict or a difference. That's a normal part of life. And right. to me, mistakes are fabulous opportunities. So, but at the same time, though, mentors are going to have to learn also to make mistakes and treat mistakes not as a bad thing. But that's gaining opportunity. And so that's why I think it's important to have mentors because they can get to see, especially a mentor that's really open and free and, you know, just sort of being real. Mm-hmm. They can sort of see failures that they go through. They can see their journey. That person's the mentor journey. I mean, like with me, you've seen my journey. I, you know, I've, you've seen my journey for 16 years or 17 years. Absolutely. So you've seen the ups and the flows. That's important. Because then you begin to realize you're dealing with a human being and not a machine. Absolutely. And that's and that's important. Uh, we did have a question uh, for you, Keith, that came in the comments thread. If you have any questions uh, for Keith, feel free to list them in the comments section uh, from a mentor's perspective or a mentee's. Um, Delta uh, Williams asked you, Keith, she said, what would you say? Uh, to the youth in this generation who are missing out on the on on most things by not taking networking or net weaving serious. So like, what would you tell uh, youth that may be watching or parents that may have certain youth that are missing out on not taking networking and the importance of net net weaving serious? What would you tell that parent or that, that person watching? Well, um, to me, to me, I find it very, because I think even with social media, that is a form of networking. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty much what social media. Think about it. That is what social media really is. You're not. You're just not face to face. But mm-hmm. it is one of the ways. Because I use it. It's one of the ways to network and to netweave. So the but the difference is, I would probably tell somebody that young on your social media or in that community, make sure you have people that you really admire and make sure you have people that can give you advice. You know. Freely and openly and honestly. Mm-hmm. So I don't see it as a bad thing. I see it as a good thing. You just, I think you just want to make sure that you sort of pick and choose people that you really admire, appreciate, and value that are responsible and you sort of stay in touch with them. And even, and even, and even to that point too. No, I think, I think you summed that up, but just as a follow up, I know you know that. There's a lot of people that may sort of try to pimp you as a mentor because they see mm-hmm. the hammering blitz on social media. They oh, see yes. 
they see you get access to certain events that they are oh, yeah. dripping at yeah. the teeth of, of wanting to go to, but they really don't know how it can be mutually beneficial. Like how should a mentor know when to uh, sort of like put that person at bay and to uh, really not, not even have that person have access to their talents or their skill set that you, that you or any mentor may have like mm-hmm. we'll tell a mentor that may be dealing with someone that sees the glamor and glitz on social media. Uh, but the people that are really uh, saying they want to be mentored by them, they are serious about it. Right. Well, number one, it's really important to do your research. Mm. Um, I think it's really important to do your research, ask questions. Um, if you know people that know that person, you know, don't tell them what you're doing, you know, per se. But I think it's really important to do your research because once you do your research and you ask questions, you can just sit down and actually sit down and interview the person. I mean, you don't want to do it like a formal interview, make it very casual because I, um, I meet with people. I meet with them. Um, I know instantly who I'm dealing with, that they have ulterior motives, you know. Um, but usually I end up winning them over by once I tell them, you know, um, genuinely what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, why it's important. Um, I think usually I win them over. I haven't had too many um, negative experiences. Um, mm-hmm. Because because once again, I think they when people see that you're passionate, they know. Like Maya would say, quoting Maya, surviving is important, but thriving is elegant. Mm. Say that one more time, Keith, for them that missed that. This is Maya Angelou's quote, not mine. (laughs) Surviving, yeah, it's important, but thriving is elegant. That is deep. I love it. I love it. Shout out to the great, the the late and great Maya Angelou. Yes. But but um, as we continue to wind down, Keith, because I know we only have you for a few more minutes. Um, when it comes to, let's say, uh, having mentees turn into like disciples, uh, we know, especially uh, from from the Bible, that Jesus had twelve disciples. Like any person that's successful is going to have people on their team that are basically their disciples, their their go. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that really um, not just elevate them, but also take care of business. Like, how do you how do you know when uh, to convert or to turn that person that is showing loyalty or is uh, literally showing that they have potential to be inducted into like your circle, your inner circle? Like, mm-hmm. how, how should um, mentees even go about that? And learning like now, I just don't want to. Uh, be mentored by you. I actually uh, want to uh, help or provide uh, help to something that I can benefit you uh, by also, too. Well, um, that happens to me quite often. Um, so I, I, we spend a, we don't spend a whole lot of time, but I spend a lot of, I think the number one thing is spending quality time with the mentee mm. and doing things that they're interested in sometimes and doing things I'm interested in sometimes. Also, if there's an opportunity, if there's a paid opportunity, they get paid. Um, you know, if there's an opportunity to barter with their expertise, we barter. Um, I, I've had a, I've had a couple, and actually, I met one through you, and I met one through um, on my own through SCAD. Mm-hmm. They, were, I mean, I saw them as mentees, um, and to this day, even though he moved to California. 
we still keep in touch. Um, I feel, and he's doing really well. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think the other person's doing pretty well. I think they, they're both doing very well. We keep in touch. We stay in touch. We check on each other. Um, but I, but I'm still there for them. Mm. To me, to me, mentorship doesn't end when the person becomes successful. Mm. Actually, when they become successful, that's when it really begins. Right. Um, remember last night when um, we were at the Slutty Vegan Absolutely. anniversary, yeah. And Shaka Zulu talked about him being the manager for Pinky Cole. Shout out to Shaka Zulu and also Pinky here in Atlanta. I love his conversation about her, and I love how they talked about each other. It was so inspiring, and that, to me, is what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, and and which leads to the final question before we allow you to give your final jewel and and get out of here for the evening. Like, um, you hit the nail on the head uh, when you were speaking about – basically not just paying homage uh, to, to mm-hmm. people uh, that have mentored you or that have been there for you in the rough periods of your life or even as an entrepreneur or a professional. Uh, but when it comes to, um, what was I going to ask you? When it comes to uh, literally asking your mentor, like how they may be able to help advance your career or advance your business, especially, uh, like when should you be comfortable enough to ask if they can have access to people in your network as a mentor or when should they uh, be able to ask questions like, do you know anybody uh, in your personal network that can that can help me get to this next level? Like what what is, is it a time frame? Do you think is it a is it a relatability? Is it something that you have to just sense? Like when should that happen? Five years. No, I'm teasing. No, I'm teasing. Um, I think you you pretty much know. I would say within six months. Okay. Because because number one, you're going to be talking to each other. You're going to be doing things together. You're going to get a chance to see how they behave in different environments. How they behave at a festival. How they behave at a VIP event, a private event, exclusive event. How they present themselves. Their communication skills. You kind of know. I would say within six month period, um, and then you and then also, I mean, you, if it's going to benefit, and a lot of time, if it benefits both of you, then you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but if 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 it doesn't benefit both of you, you might be a little hesitant, and you may you may want to see that person maybe six more months and sort of see how that flows. Absolutely. Um, but I would say you know at least you know six months or so, and you want to see, you know, you want them to demonstrate some things, um, maybe some checklist things you may have. Absolutely, because you and I, the reason why I asked that as the final question, because you and I talk about that all the time with even people that we've, I, I call it like cross-pollinating uh, folks that mm-hmm. I've thrown your way that are in my network and also people that you've definitely thrown my way. Uh, but we know, you and I, as we talk about, that they have our name on uh, on them or attached to them when we do refer them to our friends or our family circles. And if they basically mess up or or, or F up, like, they're literally like, our name that's attached to it. And so, like, that that was the, the principle in which you can give your final thought on that. Like, when it comes to that person uh, who may uh, be – afraid of sort of letting people in because they're they're 
they're knowing that um, they have a lot of potential. They're knowing that they have a lot of people uh, that can benefit uh, someone that is needing just an extra push or an extra pull uh, to get mm-hmm. to the next level. But they just don't want their reputation uh, to be tarnished or damaged by someone either making a mistake or making them possibly look bad or like a fool. Like, what would you tell that person uh, that may be listening that's either the mentor or the mentee when it comes to letting people into your circle and also how how they should go about um, being able to have that servants first mentality? Right. Well, once again, I think, you know, there should be a time period. And I just I just told six months because that's how I feel. And a lot of times you can you pretty much know people. If you listen to people, they'll tell you right up front what their arterial motive and what their goal is. And sometimes it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really but I think it's really important that you don't give up on the person. Mm-hmm. You may, maybe find things that are not so. Um, maybe some do some general things first that don't really that wouldn't sort of interfere with your reputation or your image because in the field I'm in, you know, Keith knows that net, um, it's strictly about my image and my the way I present myself because it's a it's a company with my name on it. Right. So it's really important that I represent the company in the best way possible. And I'm calling myself a cultural warrior. And so I have I think people expect you to live up to whatever you put out there. Mm. Um, and so I would, you know, I would pace myself with that person, but I would definitely make sure uh, at least six months I would do different and always do different things with the person because a lot of time I don't know the person at all. Somebody may have referred that person. Right. And yes, I do, yes, I do trust referrals and my friends, but <laughs> sometimes people behave differently in different situations, and sometimes their friends may have not seen that part of a person. So it's important to do some, just do some simple things first, like go, maybe go to a festival, you know, um, go to a park event and then, cause you, cause eventually you're going to know if that person is a good fit for the environment you're in. And I don't want to make it sound like, you know, I don't want to make it sound elitist or anything, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's just, a, it's really about when you have a company, you have to represent your company. Mm. And it's not really based on, you know, and it is based on behavior, professionalism, how you present yourself, because I'm going, you're going to places where people, your, sometimes your income and mm. your fees are based on how you present yourself, especially in PR and media. And so that, so sometimes it involves grooming, grooming, yeah. sometimes it involves, um, how to, how you present yourself. Sometimes it involves expectations. Um, that's why a lot of time I'll tell people in advance it's going to be casual. I'll tell people it's going to be, you know, um, laid back. I always keep people informed, and I try to find as much information I can get. Yeah. And I always let people know. Parking sometime, you know, because I want the experience to be good for me and for that person. Absolutely. And that's what it really all boils down to, that mutual exchange. Yes. Uh, Keith, we always allow the guests to li- to leave a final jewel. I uh, know uh, we sh- we just wanted to have a part two with that last question, but for that person that mm-hmm. may be watching, uh, they may um, hear that 
uh, you are dropping a lot of heavy jewels on what to look for with a mentor or how even you should be a mentor to other people. Uh, like what final jewel would you want to leave with either the mentor or the mentee tonight? Be open minded. Um, be open minded and willing to be educated, to be informed and to be aware. And such, I mean, just just do it. I mean, basically, I mean, find a mentor in your field. Um, reach out to them, stay in touch with them. Um, and to me, because at the end of the day, we are all on the same path and same journey. And we want things to be, we want to be successful. And I, and that, and my Andrew's quote is just incredible. Mm. But, you know, art, um, life has been my art and I have set myself to music. Mm. I love it. I love it. Life has been what? Say that one more time, Keith. Life has been my. Life has been my art, and I have set myself to music. Mm. Now I made that up. I love it though. We we got we got to put that as a jewel right here. I got life has been my art, and I have set myself to music. And so I I sort of changed it around. I think it's a South African proverb. Uh, I kind of I kind of switched switched it around a little bit to fit me. Shout out, shout out to South Africa. Yeah, so, South, South Africa. So, My friend, South Africa. Yes, yes. So, uh, of course, uh, Keith, it's been, a, it's been a pleasure serving with you this evening, sir. Um, my final jewel uh, would just be just something as simple as find two to three mentors by the end of 2019 that you want to be like or that have something that you wish to have. Uh, that's just my final jewel. Find at least two to three mentors. They don't have to be all the same gender of men or women, whatever gender you are. It's always good, I think, to have both uh, genders as mentors. I have both. I just don't have men like Keith as mentors. I have other women uh, that are dynamic, uh, a woman mentors to myself or queens, as I call them. Uh, so find two to three mentors that are either where you want to be or have something that you wish to have. Uh, Sir Keith, how can they stay in touch with you, man, if they just want to, of course, support and also uh, find out what's happening in the city of Atlanta with your online uh, magazine and blog and even following you on social media? How can they stay in touch with you? Okay, now, guys, reach out to me at on IG. I'm Keith Knows Culture. And then I have a website. It's KeithKnows.net. And on Facebook, I'm Keith Knows. Um, also, now when you go to my website, if you want to be a member in my website and you want to receive a weekly calendar of events happening in Atlanta or anything else, when you go to my website, KeithKnows.net, make sure you um, become a member and then you and I'll keep you in touch with a lot of different things about the arts and films and culture, all that good stuff. It's been a pleasure. I yep. really appreciate this opportunity. Absolutely. And y'all stay in touch with, with Keith. I'm only having uh, people that I invest in or that I've seen that are great mentors or even um, have provided excellent service and, and even transformational growth for myself on this this whole month. And so uh, Keith is definitely uh, one of one of the go to mentors that I, I always reach out to. We just literally were networking or net weaving last night at the gathering spot. So shout out to the gathering spot, a co-sharing 
um, um, uh, cultural experience here in Atlanta, Georgia, by the Mercedes-Benz uh, uh, Stadium. Uh, but we're always in touch. And so you sometimes may have mentors like Keith that you're always in touch with and that always uh, can have um, events or different places that you'll reach out to them with. Or you may have mentors you only talk to once a quarter. Uh, but you need to, as you said, um, Keith, sit down and see what is the goal of this mentorship what can I gain and what can you uh, also have a mutual gain out of this and how often do we need to meet? And so um, this has been episode 49. We are almost episode 50. We've done a lot of work this year with the run the jewels vidcast uh, series. Uh, Stay tuned for the podcast audio that is coming shortly, Uh, but definitely go back and watch our uh, videos from last month in July. We had a lot of powerful heavy hitters uh, for personal development month. And then also this month, we are hearing from uh, all different people from walks that have mentorship and also discipleship at the top of their at the top of their goals. And so um, this has been episode 49. Uh, stay tuned this Thursday. We will have uh, Inquarius, uh, one of my mentees uh, that will be coming on and speaking about how uh, not just myself has mentored him, but also how he's had a lot of people so into him. And so, uh, Keith, I'm going to say a quick prayer over you, and then we'll let you enjoy the rest of your evening, sir. Uh, Father God, I just want to thank you for the opportunity uh, to allow uh, Keith uh, to come and share uh, his wisdom, his jewels of what he's been able to uh, just see from a mentor's perspective and even a mentee's perspective uh, throughout the course of his life. We thank you for all the people that he's uh, transformed and sold into and even served uh, in order to help elevate them to their next level while also uh, continuing to elevate his service uh, to towards all of the people that you lead him to. Uh, we pray that you will bless his business, uh, keepknows.net, and uh, also any events that he continues to show uh, throughout the city of Atlanta and even abroad. And uh, we love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'll say. Right. Thank you. All right, sir. Keith, you know we'll be in touch, sir. You enjoy the rest of your evening. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Talk soon. Peace out. All right, y'all. So y'all heard the last bits from uh, my mentee, uh, Keith Knows. Again, stay tuned this whole month. We will be talking to all different uh, people from different walks of life uh, that I literally look up to as either being great uh, with mentorship or even discipleship. And so uh, if you don't have a mentor, you already heard uh, that you should. uh, I challenge you to find a mentor before the end of this year, at least two at minimum, and also find mentors that you either want to be like or that have something that you that you want or that you can gain from. And so uh, that's my challenge to you all. Uh, We do have uh, some challenge groups that we will be posting on the links uh, throughout this month and also some webinars and events coming up. For those that are looking to take themselves to the next level, uh, you will want to tune in and plug in and also um, invest in these events that we have coming up around the city of Atlanta and also online webinars. So stay tuned for more. This is King Jules, Julian Smart Rimple signing off. Y'all get y'all mentorship game up and mentees. Make sure you're taking care of business. Peace.